Ready? Yep. So ready. Hey, Nancy, how you doing? I am good, Jen. I'm super happy to be here. Episode eight. Episode eight. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. Very exciting. We made it to episode eight. Even though we didn't agree on something on, even though (laughs) though we weren't on the same page. We were not on the same page for episode seven, but we took a week. We took some time. It's a total lie. It was 10 minutes ago. (laughs) And uh, we we gave each other the cold shoulder for 10 minutes. (laughs) Froze each other out. I went to one corner. You went to the other. We licked our wounds and we came back stronger than ever. I just felt like there should be a soundtrack to that when you said that, like some kind of Rocky. Rocky, I imagine Rocky too. I don't think we'll be able to get the rights to that, (laughs) at least not inexpensively. Perhaps you can write something since you've done such a good job with our theme song, which people continue to tell me, I hope you have the rights to that theme song. You know, you can't just take something from the internet. I'm like, can you not, do you not hear the voice? Like it's Jen. Louis comes in and he goes, oh my God, that music's amazing. I'm like, totally. Are you lying? No, I'm not. I was editing. And he's like, that music's so good. And I'm like, that's Jen. He's like, that's really Jen. And I'm like, yeah. He's he's like, what about the beat? How did she do the beat? (laughs) And I didn't know at the time. I'm like, I don't know, bub, but uh, clearly she's pulled it off. And then he told me later that it was from GarageBand. Yeah, it's you just take different samples and put them on top of each other and find sounds that you... Well, he was very impressed. Yay. You have the admiration and respect of a 15-year-old boy. So cute. Um, He would be really impressed with Annie and Chloe. They put down some pretty mean beats. I was going to ask them to do something for us, but I knew it would be like a year before we got it. So oh, well, I hope they don't listen to this. Ask them for the Rocky. <laughs> just don't tell them we want something like Rocky. Some kind of survivor warrior warrior soundtrack. Yeah. Cool. So uh, I didn't even ask you before. How was your week? I had an awful week. Like like DEFCON 5 bad. What? Like maybe one of the worst weeks of my life. And it is all related to close your ears if you're sensitive to female issues. It's really just my period. And I never wanted to be the podcast where we just talk about menopause and I'm afraid we only made it to episode eight. (laughs) I don't know. It's like I'm 47. I'm editing the podcast all the time and I'm like, I keep saying I'm 48. I feel like I just want to. I noticed that. I want to join you in your 48-ness. I love that. Technically only 47. So 48 is just around the corner though, they say. We'll see. And I had a problem like four or five years ago with my cycle. It was all over the map. And I went to acupuncture and she was like, I'm not going to let you. I'm not going to let you go into menopause. You're too young. I think it was maybe 44. And she fixed it. Like, I think it was like six to eight sessions and my cycle came back and everything was great. Wow. And now we're age 47 and the cycle's okay. Like it's 28 days, whatever. And But just the, the every other symptom like physical, emotional, like thoughts of suicide. Please don't, please don't call anybody. <laughs> it's please bad. don't the send anyone bad. to the house for a welfare <laughs> check. Like everything's okay. But just like weeping mm-hmm. and sensitive and moody and yeah. And logically in my head, I'm saying to myself, this isn't real. But my whole body just feels like, like angry and sad And we talk about this thing about our dreams. And so 
in the moment of like, it was like probably like four or five days every single day. And I kept thinking like tomorrow I'll wake up and I'll be better tomorrow. I'll wake up and I'll be better. And Mm -hmm. every day it just wasn't going away. And I was like, what if this is my meds stopping to work? Like, what if this is the new normal for me is like not just depressed, but like evil, like DEFCON 5 evil. How long did it last for? It lasted about a week. Like I was just starting to feel better like two days ago. And then yesterday was better and today's better. So, but the whole time I was like, okay, you have, you're menstruating. So this high probability, this is related to hormones. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've been going through that for a little while too. And I, I was that mean girl who, when other girls were like, I can't go to work today. I have my period. I was like, oh, for God's sake, like stop. <laughs> Give me a break. It's natural. It's your period. Everyone gets one. Get over yourself and go to work. And now like my, I, it hurts. My boobs hurt if I stand in the shower with the water facing them, like while I'm yeah. going, it's just back pain. It was like the back crazy. pain. Yeah. Back pain and the flow, like we don't have to get into it, but I was like, yeah. it shouldn't even go outside. Yeah. Could be ugly. And, you know, we're working, like this whole podcast has made me more aware and more focused of trying to move forward with some of the dreams that we had, like, you know, being like, I want to put out media. And we've had some feedback from some listeners. We really appreciate that. That, you know, in the first few episodes, we made these sort of comments about, um, you know, on the same page of with Jen and Nancy, where dreams go to die, and maybe that's okay. And then we didn't really revisit it as much. And people have said, we'd like to hear more about that. And I have been making a real conscious effort to follow through and take some small steps on some of the things that I would like to accomplish in the next few years. And I can't lose six days a month Mm. of productivity. Like I cannot get where I want to be in life with six missing days a month. You're scared. You're terrifying me. You sound like me. I feel like I'm listening to my own self and I don't like it. Like I don't have time to have a period. I have productivity to deal with right now. And uh, I get that though. Also, especially if it's it's emotionally crippling, it's it's not even just the physical. The- I could probably get through. Like I could just like I could just like uh, vaginally insert Advil or something. I might edit that out. But I could like live off of Advil and Robaxet because it's a problem with my back a lot. It's not just like lower back pain. Like I get like a migraine in my neck almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it shoots down and like. And then I'm like, am I a total emotional basket case because I'm in chronic pain? Like the pain in my back is so intense. It's like, can I even describe it? It's like a migraine in my back. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. And, or it's the hormones, like you're just in this loop, like, and I'm not going to get into the loop right now and annoy our listeners. But I went to the chiropractor. Uh, I woke up with a horrible migraine. I went to the chiropractor. She fixed it. And it didn't really get better. And then I got my period the next day. I'm like, okay, so red flag, because it's not the first time. I am starting to get migraines with my period. Yeah. So I don't know what it is. Like one more thing, like we talked about last week, like now I have to stop eating meat. And now I also (laughs) have to figure out how to stop a migraine once a month. (laughs) One more thing I have to do. Oh my God. Wait till we start talking about zero waste, Nancy. (laughs) Murder me. And then I had the whole horrible bad week where I actually wanted to share something that was interesting. But 
the back pain never really went away. Mm-hmm. And so it was had only been six days, but I went back to the chiropractor and she's like, you're here again early. And I told her, I said, I feel like it's related to my period and it's not, it's, it, I need another tune up. Adjustment. Yeah. And she fixed it and then it was like hundred percent better. And she talked to me, she said, we're the same age and I had the same problem. And she said, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Like, I'm not going to like force, I'm just going to tell you my experience. I'm like, that's what we're all about on the podcast. So I appreciate that. And she said she went to an endocrinologist and she didn't realize what it was, but it was all synthetic hormones Mm -hmm. and she messed up her whole system. Okay. And then she stopped all of that and she went to a naturopath and she gave me the woman's name. And she said it took a few weeks, like a few weeks or months. She said it wasn't overnight, but it was night and day difference. Okay. And she took something supernatural to help with estrogen and a thyroid support. And she said it it changed everything. So I walked out of there like weeping that, you know, somebody cared enough about me because I'm not really worth it. (laughs) I cried once when I I cried once when my gynecologist asked me how I was. It's like, really? You care? Oh, it's so mortifying. And then you feel like calling them the next day going, I'm totally fine. Like, sorry about that meltdown (laughs) in your office. I know you're just supposed to be a chiropractor. Thanks for the back fix. And then... And then I felt better within 24 to 48 hours. But you know what? I have a little warning sign on my phone now. Your period is coming in 18 days. And I feel like we should have the Jaws music like dun, 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 dun. I've, <laughs> like, had, I've had that on my phone for about a year for basically the same reasons that you're naming. And so I also read it as a menace. Like, yeah. it's coming. Warning. <laughs> uh, what did I want to tell you? Um... I had something to share. Sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead. Now I'm like interrupting you. And now like, because I'm editing a few of the podcasts, I realize how often I interrupt you. So in my big weepy state, Mm -hmm. unfortunately for my family, and I hope they don't listen to this episode because I haven't apologized to them (laughs) and I have no intentions of doing so because I'm so embarrassed. I just told them that it was all their fault. (laughs) And that they deserve the abuse that I was giving them. And I have no intentions of going back on that. Did so, anyone show any signs of remorse or accountability? Or did they all just they look just, at you like you were they nuts? They just kept their distance. Oh, well, that's whatever works. Yeah. But one thing that was interesting, which I was really happy to have the self-awareness, is that I really picked a fight with Renault mm-hmm. because I felt like, and I don't want to like go into all the like the depths of our financial arrangement but he has more money than I do and he has never ever been like uh he jokes about it and then we can talk about whether the jokes are serious or not but anyway he hasn't ever like wielded that over me Mm -hmm. so but in this super bad place that I was in I was like really nagging him and being super aggressive about how he should give me more money and it was like, that's like being oversimplified. Like, so here's yeah, yeah. an example. Like, we have a couple houses. I'm sorry, that sounds so pretentious. No, stop. I hate it when I Can say Can you that. not, though? Because you know what I think is beautiful about this relationship? Mm. And I don't mean our friendship. Although that too, I guess. But like, Sidebar, I love you too. I think- <laughs> <laughs> that's so nice. And you're welcome, everyone, for being a part of that. Um, because we let you. I think that you can edit this out, but I'm telling you this for real. I think that it could be really cool for us 
to let that extreme polar, not opposite, because I don't, I'm not homeless, but like, I think it's cool how totally different our circumstances and lifestyle is. Even though we grew up in similar-ish circumstances, we went to school, like we grew up together and we're roommates and whatever else. And we're living such totally different lifestyles, but are still on the same page. And like, I think it's cool. So I think you should, I don't mean that you should be like, oh, I'm in my 17th house in Aruba. But like, I, I do think you should just be like fully honest about your situation. Well, if I'm fully honest about the situation, we have three homes in the family and I'm a joint owner on one of them, which is the one we're sitting in. And I am not a joint owner on the other two. And every once in a while, it really bugs me. So you can imagine in the depths of PMS DEFCON 5 hell, (laughs) that's all I could focus on. And I was like, actually, not sure I brought it up because we had an argument. And this is where the self-awareness came in. We had an argument because we got a quote. I went and got a quote without talking to him at all. This is how bad I am. I went with the designer to like a closet bathroom place. And we got a quote for the closet bathroom and it was $80,000 to do. Redo for your, the, for your closet bathroom? Yeah. To do I it. mean, obviously it's yours. It's not someone else's, but do you mean here for this house? Yeah. For okay. this house. So the master suite essentially. Right. And I came home and we had a conversation about how he didn't even say like, why did you go and take it upon yourself to get a quote for that? He knew we like we knew we were going to do it out of yeah, left field. Yeah, he, he knows that this needs included to him in in the whole process. So we talked about how it was kind of expensive, and he wanted to like just price it out and make sure that it was a fair price, and we would have to wait like a year or two before we did it. But it was a pretty like I remember feeling like whew, that went better. Then I thought it was going to go like we opened the door to starting the project at some mm-hmm. point. So then we're in Quebec City. It's Easter weekend. Dimension that we're all together for four days. Thank God Natalia wasn't there. Although I might have been better behaved if she was there. <laughs> but it's late at night. We've had some wine. He's watching hockey. He's in a super good mood. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and I mentioned I bring it up for some reason. And he's like. I don't know, I, we didn't get past like the talk about how he felt about me bringing it up, but he was just like, made some comment about how it's totally ridiculous that you think we're doing that bathroom. And I went crazy. I was like, you're gaslighting me. You should have seen me, Jen, I was nuts. I was like, you said, and he's like, do you think that money just grows on trees? And so like, we totally just reverted to primal us, which was which I'm not going to say it was fine because it wasn't fine. But he, I do feel like he gaslit me because we'd had like a conversation that was pretty civil and rational and that I thought that everything was okay. And then I can only guess that he spent the next 72 hours like milling it over in his head and thinking, okay, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's just insane to spend that kind of money on a suite, bathroom master suite. And, but he didn't share that information with me. And so I felt sucker punched when I brought it up, like it was totally normal. And he's like, but you also, you reacted to what he said without like taking into consideration that maybe he, he thought about it for 72 hours, decided that was crazy. And then when you brought it up, 
he just flippantly said that to you. But if you guys had, were actually sitting down like, okay, you know what? Can we sit down and talk about these renovations? He might not actually say like, we're not doing them. It's not happening. He might actually, yeah, go, I'm worried because this feels really expensive. Can we talk about it? Like, but when we just are flippant with each other and just say whatever. He said at one point, why do you say these things at like 11 o'clock at night after we've had like a bottle of wine? Like it's totally like everything's fine. Everyone's happy. The fire's on. We're watching hockey. Mm -hmm. And you need to, like, start a fight. It's true. I do it a lot. Really no way you can ever listen to this episode. <laughs> can you bleep out your confession? That's right. His version, I'm going to get him his own feed. It's just going to be, like, one long beep. The whole episode. <laughs> At least the part where you said he's right. If you could just take that part out. So I was totally mad. I will say one super nice thing that he did. I went to bed. I was super mad. And he came in about an hour later. And he was like... He actually said on the same page. I was trying not to laugh. What? He's like, I think I was crying. He's like, babe, don't cry. We're on the same page. And I was trying not to laugh because I still <laughs> wanted to stay mad, stay mad. And he's like, we're on the same page. We both want to have a nice house and we want to have a nice bathroom and a nice closet. But we're going to have to be realistic about the cost. And I was like, okay. So I See? thought that that, was, that was nice. Okay. And then, because I'm still in the throes of PMS, I start thinking, why don't I own those other houses? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's ridiculous. We've been here for, we've been together for 20 years and oh. on and on and on. about anyway, so the reason that I'm bringing this up is I had an epiphany, which was that I have been feeling unsuccessful in my life. Like, I've been feeling unsuccessful and like, unprof not unprofessional, but not successful in a professional way. And the first thing I do is try to glom onto someone else's success. And I was like, how is that fair? Like, I don't feel powerful. That's what it was. I was writing mm. my journal and I'm like, I feel so powerless. Okay. The PMS was making me feel so powerless. And I was like, but why is it, why is it Renault's responsibility to make me feel more powerful? And will you even feel more powerful? Well, that was the other thing. Don't tell him that. But he could like... <laughs> sell half those houses to me for a dollar that would be two dollars I'd have to pay and it's not necessarily going to make me feel more powerful I, I'm telling you 100% it's not going to make you feel more powerful okay but let's not tell him that because what we can tell him is you could leave him tomorrow and all these houses would be half yours it doesn't really matter so that is not true we're not married and Quebec doesn't recognize common law that's not that is not true that is 100% true it's 100% true he could leave me tomorrow for a secretary and I get zero, zero, not even child support. Quebec doesn't recognize common law. Did you look this up or ask yes. a lawyer? Because a yes. lawyer in Quebec told me that you are entitled. Not that I looked into it, Renault. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 100%. There was just a huge court case from the um, CEO of Cirque du Soleil, Guy La Liberté. He left his girlfriend of 20 years and he didn't have to pay her alimony. He only had to pay her child support. Guy La Liberté is just so rich that he paid someone. Because the thing is, if you're common law and you can prove that you were, like if... if In every province except Quebec. Except for that, I, I know someone here who got her common law spouse's pension when he passed away because they were recognized as common law because when he died, he'd still been doing his tax returns and everything else to their joint address and they had a child together. The government might recognize it in terms of pensions, yeah. but in terms of awarding me alimony or assets, 
Nothing. Zero. If there is a lawyer in Quebec listening to this podcast right now, please, (laughs) please send me a letter telling me if that's true or not. And I'm not actually, I know I seem way too invested right now because you and Renault are not breaking up, but I have a friend who's in the middle of a breakup right now and you're terrifying me. It's, we don't need a lawyer. We can just Google it. It's like a, it's like a thing. I know, but it would be so much cooler if a lawyer wrote in and told us. Women have been telling me for years, you are so irresponsible. You have no idea how much risk you're putting yourself into by not getting married. All right. So I'll cater the wedding. And... I asked him about that. I'm like, you know, I'm in a really precarious situation. He's like, babe, it all comes down to whether or not you trust me. Do you trust me? I'm like, no, I don't. Well, (laughs) I love your husband. (laughs) Everybody. It's always different in a divorce. Okay. So anyway, you totally interrupted my epiphany. Sorry. About stealing his power while he was screwing me financially. Right. Right. (laughs) Yes. But I was super proud of myself that I was having the self-awareness finally, and I didn't bring it up. I was like, he came up here. He was nice. He said, we're on the same page. He doesn't want to fight. Do not go down there. It's one o'clock in the morning and start yelling about how you're not on title for the cottage. I have to agree with him. I wanted to tell you something because you were talking about your like not feeling successful and stuff like that. And I found a beautiful quote, quote and it doesn't 100%. I thought you said coat. Quote, oh, I love a good coat. I found a cute coat too. Uh, I'll tell you about that later. I found a quote and it remind made me think of you. And it's not, it may not sound like it applies exactly to what you're saying, but the quote is You often feel tired not because you've done too much, but because you've done too little of what sparks light in you. And that's by Alexander Den. H e i j e r. Maybe we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, anyway, I thought of you. I wait. There's a reason why I thought of you because okay. I hear you talk a lot about success and stuff like that. But I'm not sure if the things that you re- associate with success are like things that you think makes anyone successful, makes a person successful, or if it's like you achieving the things that you wanted to, like, is that success based on? What triggered me was underlying hormones. So Mm -hmm. I don't feel unsuccessful. Like it's no, but it's not the first time you brought that up. It's not the first time I brought it up, but I don't feel unsuccessful at to that degree when it's not hormonal. I mean, this was just at the point where I was like rock bottom and I was like grasping for anything to make me feel like less powerless. I won't Mm -hmm. even say powerful. It's more about feeling less powerless. And what triggered it was that the decision on whether or not we go ahead with the master suite will be his. In the end, whether he says yes or no, or the price, or whether we cut costs, he'll ask my opinion and he'll include me, but it will be his decision Mm -hmm. because he is the one that's going to pay for it. And that was hugely triggering for me because it's like when, oh my God, am I going to cry? It's like when, how, when am I going to be successful enough to make those decisions? Oh, but sweetie, it's not always a, but but I know you know this because you're so smart, but how can I say this delicately? I don't know. Every day, but then it's like this thing about how, Listen to what I'm saying. It's like diarrhea coming out of my mouth. 
I can't make a decision for a $50,000 bathroom. Poor me. I make decisions all day long, it, filled with autonomy. What I eat, where I go, what clothes I wear. Like 99.9% .9 of my life is autonomous and I have free choice. Mm -hmm. And instead of focusing on that and being grateful, in the midst of my PMS, I'm triggered by the one thing. That I'm still included in the decision, but it won't be fi my final decision. And why should it be? Like, it's not like, oh, that's not okay, Renault. And the reality of the situation is it, it should be his, his final decision. Like, not because he's the boss, but I just get it is what I'm trying to say. I get but, that it's not 100% up to me whether or not that project goes ahead. But I think you just hit on it because I don't think it's 0% up to you either. No, it's not. It's not 0% up to me. And if I came to him, which has worked for me in the past, mm -hmm. with a plan, something that was well thought out and a plan and like maybe a step by step, let's do this part, you know, this year and something else next year. And then we'll full furnish it a year later. And this is where we can save money in other areas to put towards the project. That would make his whole day. He'd be like, great. It looks good. Let's talk about it. And he would feel better about the decision. Versus 11 o'clock at night, me yelling, this is bullshit that I don't get my way and mm -hmm. you're the boss and it's not fair. Nobody's going to respond compassionately to being spoken to like that. No. He's going to get his back up and be like, don't talk to me at 11 o'clock at night like this. Like of I'm course. watching hockey and I'm happy. And he does recognize, like despite his joking and whatever else, he does recognize your part in this partnership and the contributions that you make to this family. So it's not like he thinks that you don't have a right to decide what kind of bathroom you're going to have attached to your bedroom. It's just that. He, it's just that I'm not going to be the only one that yeah. decides and tell him how it's going to be. Yeah. I have the same um, issues uh, in a different sense of, I notice when I get frustrated at home because I don't get to decide things by myself that I lose touch with the fact that we are a partnership and it's not, it's not like a competition. Or no. And it's not that I'm being oppressed because I can't be the one to make the decision all by myself. That's like, how I feel Yeah, and when I had the PMS. And that's where I had the self-awareness to say, stop this before you escalate this mm -hmm. to something ugly. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, we are talking about meditation because I just tried 21 days in a row of meditating for the first time. I think it's the first time. I may have gone to like a meditation workshop once or twice or something like that. But it's the first time yeah. that I actually like committed to trying it for more than two minutes uh, and consistently like day after day. That's what they say is important. It's not about the length of time that you meditate. It's the consistency. Mm -hmm. Even if it's 10 minutes a day, if you do it every day, I hear, and I'd like to hear it from you in a minute, it's going to have a profound effect on your life. How did it feel? I haven't done anything like that. So I don't think 21 days is a long enough amount of time to get a really good sense of how much it's going to profoundly change your life. But I definitely noticed some differences. I noticed that if I was meditating in the morning or even just take a break midday, that it did have an effect on how the rest of the day went from that point on. So I felt less agitated about things that might bug me normally. I felt much more like I could 
take on whatever was like less triggered less susceptible to being exactly less easily triggered for sure and also i normally i overwhelm myself with the amount of things i need to get done in a day we've already talked about this a million times but if i meditated before i started or halfway through i found that i felt less overwhelmed by the idea of it and more just ready to take it on and less pressure on myself that i had to accomplish all of them but just like, all right, like there was a couple of days. In fact, I, I had a break in the afternoon. I went home, I had lunch, I did a meditation. And then I just felt like, okay, like let's go do the second half of this day. Whereas before I would have eaten my food as fast as I could and then rushed back out the door to go do whatever else. I'm, okay, I have to do this, 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 this. I have so much to get done. In episode five, you talked about wanting to stop saying like, I just need to get through today. I just need to get mm-hmm. through today. So it sounds like that. Yeah. yeah, you're like, you're that being really more in helpful. the moment. Yeah. And another thing that um, came out of the meditation as well was that I was able to take something that I'd heard before and understand it better. And I know that this is incredibly simple. So when people hear this, they're going to go, what, what did you not understand about this? <laughs> but I heard someone who was saying that instead of putting it, this pressure on themselves to be productive. Oh, I know. She had replaced the word productive in her vocabulary with the word purposeful. Okay. And for me, that really resonated because I realized that it's not about the amount of stuff that I get done, but how meaningful is that stuff. Right. And also because I had, I'm just going to admit that like, it was a bit hard for me to get into the meditating thing, even though I really wanted to do it. I was excited about it. I felt like it was a love thing that was going to happen for me. There was a part of me too that was like, oh, this one's 20 minutes. So I, I'll just say I was doing guided meditations okay. for this experiment. And like, I was like, oh, 20 minutes long. That's that's like a big chunk of my day. And yeah, I know when me and Nancy were talking about self-care and we were like, self-care is productive but like it just still wasn't feeling productive it's like is it though like what <laughs> what's I'm getting just done sitting here doing yeah. nothing but when i said it's purposeful there was no argument right. to have with myself right. about that it was so purposeful and so first of all that's one thing i'm just so excited to have changed the word productive to purposeful and i use sometimes right as an intention at the end of my morning pages live each moment of this day productively or with intention or whatever. And lately I've been writing purpose. And I love that because even eating your lunch has purpose. And even, Chewing. Yes, yes, chewing. Never <laughs> we talked about that. Um, so anyway, uh, I found that the meditating helped me stay connected to that theme that I was trying okay. to carry through. You talked a little bit too about having an intention, which I thought was cool. Like every day you were working towards setting an intention for the day. Yeah. And I can imagine, because I haven't done it, I can only imagine that even thinking about that intention during the meditation, whether it was 10 or 20 minutes, would be purposeful as well. It is so helpful because it's just like when you set an intention when you're doing yoga or like you just said when you're journaling, it's and it's a nice thing to bring you back. So there's lots of different ways to meditate. There's people who just meditate in complete silence. There's people who have guided like their meditation is guided by someone actually speaking or by music, by Tibetan bowls, by a candle flame. There's um, walking meditation. There's walking meditation. There is 
meditations where when you get distracted by thoughts, you acknowledge them and then go like, like, yes, I acknowledge you're there. I'll get back to you later. I'm, I'm meditating right now. And then other ones that are like, when you find yourself getting distracted, you go back to your mantra. Yeah. So if your intention is like to be grateful or to, you know, live purposefully, like you can just repeat your mantra instead of letting these outside thoughts get in. And you carry that with you for the rest of the day, obviously. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I, I found this thing. Um, apparently, this is all the rage. There's orgasmic meditation. Do you know what this <gasps> I is? I did not know that. Oh, my gosh. When I Okay, so I heard that this existed, and I was like, what is that, masturbating? So I looked it up. <laughs> and Jeff's it, like, this is not a new thing. This is you're like, oh, that. I used to do that all the time when I had energy. Orgasmic meditation is... A meditation where somebody, usually a man, puts on a glove and lubes it up and stimulates a specific spot on your clitoris for a very specific amount of time. And then you orgasm. Isn't this called sex? Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, first of all, that they have classes for this and that apparent the going rate right now is between 150 and 200 US dollars for this class. And it's like, and it's been endorsed by really highly respected professional people like Courtney Kardashian and <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow. I was going to say Gwyneth has to be right up in there. And Tim Ferriss, who, by the way, I loved him. I'm glad you do. But I just looked at a picture of him this morning and I was like, oh, yeah, this guy looks like the guy who endorses this. This <laughs> this guy volunteers out of the goodness of his heart to put on one of those gloves. And I'm sorry, Tim, but I'm just saying. I've never heard of that. It's but, masturbating. Come okay. on. I've never heard of that in that context <laughs> that you speak of. But it feels more like we're talking about how orgasms really stress. I wouldn't really, you know, I'm no expert, but I wouldn't really call that meditation. <laughs> I didn't do too much research on it because I just thought it was hilarious and didn't take it super seriously. But Healthline.com has uh, at, least, at least one or <laughs> yeah, has at least one article about it, including step by step instructions. Yeah, I was going to say, what is there an about or was that e wiki how or something? Yeah, sadly, I can't remember any of the instructions. I just remember the first step was create a nest for right. yourself to get cozy in. Anyway, uh, and then there's other stuff like uh, when I, I guess this might not technically be uh, meditation, but for me, like gardening, doing dishes, and cooking, I go into a very meditative state. No, I totally support that. And like writing, I think if I'm not letting myself be interrupted constantly by my phone or what's going on around me, the 25 minutes that it takes me to write my morning pages can be very meditative. On Joanne, her, she swims and she says when she swims like laps because she's not thinking about anything mm -hmm. and it's just she's controlling her breath and doing a repetitive mm -hmm. moment, movement the whole time she said she goes into a full trance like she it's really meditative according to the dalai lama meditation the heart of meditation is to discover innermost awareness mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. terrifies me that sounds horrible uh, and deepak chopra says that meditation is a journey from external activity into internal Silence, which I also find really scary. And yet you've managed to do it consistently for 21 days. I did. I was really scared to be left alone with the voices in my head. 
I think that's probably why I haven't. I've meditated many times. I've taken classes in medication. Medication. <laughs> She's taken classes it's and my medication. Freudian slip. <laughs> take another pill, Nancy. But no, I have taken many classes, like ten, on meditation, and but I haven't ne- never done it consistently over, you know, thirty days, anything mm. like that. So I, I admire you. I found it hard to sit upright for the begin. And just in the beginning, the first few days, I was too fidgety. I couldn't get comfortable. So it was very distracting. So I just let myself lay down on my back on a meditation mat. And I found that much easier. And then after a few days of doing that laying down, I actually was able to maintain my focus enough sitting up doing it. So that was really neat. There is an incredible 20-minute segment on uh, 60 Minutes with Anderson Cooper where – and then like a follow-up. I'll put both links you know, I don't know if you watch 60 Minutes, but like if you're interested in the segment, they're like, click here for 60 Minutes Overtime and you can go see more footage. And I watched both where Anderson Cooper talks about how he was completely transformed through the mindfulness program. Mm. And he interviewed John Kabat-Zinn. And I really loved what he said about it at the end, which was that meditation is not supposed to be like mindfulness is not supposed to be one more thing that you need to do. It's yeah. not supposed to be stressful. And so if you're feeling like it's one more thing that you need to do, like stop eating meat and being nice to your family. <laughs> Don't buy straws. <laughs> then it's probably, it's not something you could just let it go. It's not for you right now. I, I, I did feel that when I would leave it too late in the day, it would stress me out. Like I still haven't done my meditation. I have to do my meditation. So I just found it really easier to start the day with Okay. Me. But I highly recommend, and I'm going to go rewatch it myself. And the reason that I was thinking about that is he was like, it doesn't matter how you sit. If you want to sit in a chair with your back supported and your feet on the ground, that is just fine. Mm -hmm. It's not like, please don't send us all you militant Buddhists out there that you have to sit cross-legged and All you militant Buddhists who listen to our (laughs) podcast. I'm sure there's a faction out there somewhere, Jen. The community is growing. (laughs) But you can lay down or be in any position that's comfortable for you because the point is to get out of your mind. It's not supposed to be to physically suffer. Mm -hmm. And if anybody is really dedicated to being able to sit with your straight back, whatever, like maybe just let yourself first learn how to meditate because that's really challenging. And once you've got that, yeah. And once you've got that down, maybe you can slowly start trying to experiment with different positions and stuff. I don't, I agree with you that I don't think it, I agree with you. Like I'm a, (laughs) Nancy and I are the authorities on everything. (laughs) We're right. The Buddhists are wrong. And no, what I'm saying for myself, it didn't seem to change a lot, whether I was laying down or sitting up, as long as I did it early enough in the day that I didn't fall asleep. And I think I've mentioned before that I took two eight week classes, both on meditation And we did a lot of meditation in those classes, you know, being a meditation class. And and she would often say, get in the position that's most comfortable to you, Mm -hmm. but be aware of the fact that if you're going to lay down, you risk falling asleep. And it's great to fall asleep at night, but the point of meditation isn't to fall asleep. It's to be, I think she calls it falling awake, Ah, which I thought was nice. That's cool. Yeah. Joe and I often have listened to meditations as we're going to sleep, but I don't ever count that as meditating because we do fall asleep. One thing I wanted to share, which I mentioned I would, it was episode six. We covered self-compassion and I said that during the meditation, I would, the meditation episode, I would cover meta-meditation in yeah, more what detail. Is, I don't even know anything about that. Meta-meditation is like a, a kindness 
meditation where, and I think this fits in with our last episode, which was compassion. Oh, the compassion. Yeah. So, and it's the same idea where if you are sitting, it's not just because you can't focus, but if you are someone that struggles with simply watching your breath or focusing on a mantra and you want to have your mind be more active, one thing you can do is this meta meditation, which is the concept of sending kindness to like, first you start with yourself. So, and you can make up your own terms in general, there's four. So for example, may I be happy? May I be well? May I be safe? May I be peaceful and at ease? And you say that like four, four times and you can do it like when I did the meta meditation class with Emily Moody in Montreal, she was saying that when people are serious about meta, they will do just yourself. Like, may I be happy? May I be, be well? They will do that for months. That's it. Just themselves. Like just this whole concept of mastery. When I first heard about meta meditation, I was really young. I think I was like 29 or whatever. And it was at the Kripalu Meditation Center. And, you know, when you learn something the first time, that's what sticks with you. Like no matter what you hear after that, you'll always remember the first time that you learned about it. And mine was just four times to yourself, the four messages to yourself. So I would say to myself, may I be happy? May I be well? May I be safe? May I be peaceful and at ease? And then I would take a, a few breaths and then I would choose to give metta, which is, um, I think it's the Sanskrit word for kindness. Okay. And if I just made that up, it still works. But I think that might even be true. I would choose someone that I really loved. And so like maybe my son, Elliot. May Elliot be happy. May Elliot be well. I'm May so Elliot be safe. I'm so sorry, Louie. That just, <laughs> there you go. May Elliot be peaceful and at ease. And then I would choose a neutral person. Mm-hmm. So it's someone that I don't have any positive or negative feelings. So it could be like your mailman. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mailman, the the clerk at the gap. Someone that maybe you see a couple times a week, but you've never maybe even spoken (laughs) to. He goes to the gap (laughs) a couple times a week. (laughs) Okay. Remember when I told you to just be yourself? (laughs) (laughs) I was actually thinking when I said that about the person you buy your hot dogs from on the street, but I've never bought a hot dog on the street. So I don't know. We don't even have that here, do we? I feel like we have all these listeners in New York and I'm trying to connect with them. I don't know. I don't know. So the mailman. Okay, let's do the mailman. For me, it's the Amazon delivery guy. Right. Okay. <laughs> me too. I think we have the same. May one. the Amazon and you don't even know their name, right? May the Amazon delivery guy be happy. May the Amazon delivery guy be well. And so on. And then you do someone that you're having difficulty with. So it could be your boss if you're having conflict with your boss or your partner. Your sibling. Whoever. Someone that you, you're really struggling with. And so now you're all warmed up. Because you've been giving so much kindness. And so let's say this person's name is, I don't know, Renault. Just kidding, babe. <laughs> Just kidding. But let's say the person's name is, it doesn't matter what it is. May this person be happy. May this person that I'm having difficulty with be well, and et cetera, et cetera. And then you do like a smaller group, like may everybody on my, on my city block so say you have a, a block mm-hmm. where you live. May everybody on my block be 
happy. May everybody in my block be well. And then depending on how much time you have or how kind you're feeling, you can expand it out to may everybody in Montreal, may everybody in Canada. Or New York. Right. (laughs) All those people eating hot dogs be well. I love this. This is so cool. And I know it's been around forever because it was forever ago that I learned it. And I'm sure it was not invented just that day. And I've read Sharon Salzberg um, was one of the people who first started talking about it. But now it's a whole movement. So meta meditation is like the backbone of the self-compassion movement. Oh, okay. I remember I love meta meditation. And when I was signing up to go to the self-compassion, I'm like, oh my God, I have to do mindfulness meditation. I have to do meta meditation. And now I'm going to have to do self-compassion meditation. Well, you can imagine how happy I was to learn that self-compassion meditation is meta meditation. (laughs) Now I have all this extra time. I start trying to be nice to my family and stop eating meat. (laughs) That's really cool. In all seriousness, what I do love about meta is it is meditation. Mm -hmm. And while you're stopping maybe a negative loop of thoughts that's been troubling you, you get the benefits of actual meditation but you're also creating kindness towards yourself and people that you love and also extending it to people that you're having difficulty with. I don't know if I've talked about this before, but I I went to a yoga class I really love at the YMCA. And um, the yoga instructor had likes to tell us to choose an intention, which I love. But then she, this one particular teacher often says, you know, I can't remember her wording, but something like it will be most beneficial to your practice and probably more effective if that intention is for someone else. And the first time she said that, I felt myself get immediately defensive. Like I was <laughs> angry at her, like, no, everything I do is for other people. This is my yoga practice. I obviously didn't say this out loud, but I defiantly chose an, you know, an intention for my own self because I'm doing this for me for a change. And then I actually was like, wow, you are resisting this way too hard. (laughs) This is not cool. And I don't know, I just mommed myself and was like, I'm taking your intention away from you and I'm making (laughs) you have an intention for someone else. So I like reluctantly wished (laughs) wished good things on someone else, like (laughs) dedicated my practice to somebody else. And it's like someone forcing you to share. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like a little kid. Why? I waited all day to play with my shovel. Anyway, I thought it was really interesting. And there was a couple of things that that it sort of revealed to me. One is that I do a lot for other people. That's clear. My job, I have kids, I have a partner. But I don't do as much for other people as I used to, say, five years ago, when almost everything I did was for someone else, but I'm still stuck in that mindset of thinking that everything I'm doing is for everybody else all the time. And I never get to do anything for myself. So there was that when I was like, really, Jen, like everything you did today already was for somebody else. I don't think myself. I mean, yeah, I do that too. Yeah. So that, that helped. And then also just the point, the part where I was like, I don't know, something about how resistant I was to allow someone else to be who I was dedicating my practice to. It it's bugged like one me. more thing. Yeah. yeah. So it bugged me. So get, I was like, yeah. no, this practice is being dedicated to somebody else. And I did it. But having said that, <laughs> I do love that in this meta meditation that you're describing, that you you get to wish wellness on all these other people, but you do also, also get to and wellness. you start with yourself. Yeah. So yeah. I like that. 
And we know there's a million benefits. No matter what kind of meditating you're doing, there's, you know, from from health. I actually have a list of 12 things here. Oh, you do? Yeah. Read them. Let's hear them. So what we've covered so far in our expertise as <laughs> professional meditators <laughs> is meditation's super important. And it can help you in numerous ways, which I'm going to read the list now, and that you don't have to adhere to one kind of meditation. Yeah. There are all sorts of meditation. And if you're someone that really struggles with sitting still, I would highly suggest walking meditation or looking into any kind of meditation. I don't know about the one that Jen suggested. That just sounds weirdly intimate. <laughs> but please, if you do it, please write in and let us know how that went. <laughs> not Googling that class right now. So I think I've said it before in the podcast that people in general have to hear things seven times before it hits into their awareness. So we're not going to pretend that you haven't heard about meditation before. And I'm also going to say you probably heard it more than seven times. Yeah. But the point is that wherever you are on your meditation journey, I think it's important that we we look at why meditation is important instead of just being told over and over again and hearing in all sorts of mediums that we should do it. So the list is, number one, reduces stress. Stress reduction is one of the most common reasons people try meditation. Mm. And I don't think there's anyone that wouldn't, at least in our circle of uh, social circle, that wouldn't want reduced stress. And it says here on Healthline, so it must be true, (laughs) in an eight-week study, A meditation style called mindfulness meditation reduced the inflammation response caused by stress. Oh, really? Yeah. Two, controls anxiety. I feel like if I were to meditate 10, 15 minutes a day, maybe the the anxiety triggered by my hormonal crisis, maybe it would be less. I don't think that, I don't want to say like, oh, meditation is the answer for everything. And if I start meditating, I'm not going to have hormonal issues. But I don't think it would hurt. As somebody who suffers, now I hate saying suffers, that's so gross. As someone who (laughs) enjoys crippling anxiety, (laughs) debilitating anxiety, um, I found that really helpful, especially because I did do a version of meditation where I really did focus on my breath while I was having a guided. Okay. Well, it was only partially guided. There was some speaking for a while, then a mantra to remember, and then just like very soft music until the bing, and then it's over. So during the semi-silent part where it was just music, I focused on my breath. And being um, an extremely anxious person, I found that so helpful to just slow it right down and just have it like a nice calm. I'm feeling quite uh, less anxious right now here. Just you talking say that. about it. Maybe I'm going to change my voice right now to a guided <laughs> meditation voice. Number three promotes emotional health. Two studies of mindfulness meditation found decreased depression over in over 4,600 adults. Number four is enhances self-awareness. And for me, it was huge. I don't know if I like said it like clearly in this episode, but if I'm, when I'm not self-aware, I create situations through my ruminating thoughts. Oh yeah, for sure. And I can be quite destructive to the people that I love. Whereas when I am self-aware, I catch myself early Mm. and I make myself feel better and like the situation is mitigated. So if meditation can help with self-awareness, which how, how could it not? Like you're actually taking time every day to break the chain of negative thoughts. 
or shameful thoughts or like you're actually taking time every day to stop the repetitive thoughts. Whatever kind of thoughts they are, you need a break from them every day. And for me, that's self-awareness. I'm really happy that you said that because I sometimes wonder if I'm the only person who has just these repetitive, like sometimes I actually stop and out loud say, would you stop? Right. Yeah, like, stop. I, I can't. Like it's the same thought over and over again. It's just like, please leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Number five, lengthens attention span. What? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a whole episode on ADHD. And that's coming up next, I think. And anything that can help with focus, which goes to productivity and purposefulness, I think is huge. And we're not completely on the same page about ADHD, but we both agree that a huge component of ADHD is self-inflicted. Absolutely. With, uh, by the way that we act during the day. So we'll cover that more in the episode on ADHD. But, but for sure, meditation helps with attention span. Yeah. And also to tag on to that, just that in today's society, there we have created so much stimulus and so many distractions. I don't think there's anyone, child or adult, who can't benefit from, right. from something that will help them with their attention span because yeah. it's really a problem for so many people. Sorry, who are you? No. <laughs> I don't remember what Sorry. I was talking about. <laughs> On that note, may reduce age-related memory loss. What? That's me. That one's all about me. That totally doesn't affect us because we're so young. I mean, we could only guess memory loss. Can generate kindness, says here, meta, a type of meditation also known as loving kindness meditation, begins with developing kind thoughts and feelings towards yourself, which is what you said. You appreciated meta because it starts with being nice to yourself and And you don't like to share. I'll add to that that one (laughs) age sharing. I don't like people touching my things. Um, I will add to that, that I actually did meditate one day after an argument with somebody who shall remain nameless, but that, and I was stressed out and also blaming them that they'd ruined my meditation that I was about to do by arguing with me. And I miraculously was able to find like peace with the argument and be kind to them when I came back out of the room. I had Get completely, out. it was the weirdest thing. I had completely <laughs> let go of it. Like I was just fine with it. It didn't matter. And I didn't concentrate on that. I started my meditation. It was a, a guided meditation with Deepak Chopra, who tricked me by just happening to have, I think, like something that day about being kind to other people. I don't know where he gets off. (laughs) Stupid gratitude creates grace (laughs) garbage or something. So he talked about that for a second before the meditation started. And I actually just found myself completely let go of it as I went into the meditation and I came out of the bedroom in a good mood. See, I know about meditation intellectually. And so if I have arguments with people that shall remain nameless, except for this podcast episode where I open the kimono, And then I'm like, okay, I'm super enraged. I'm going to go meditate. Well, it doesn't work because I haven't built a practice. Mm -hmm. I don't have a foundation. Yeah. Which is, I think, a reason that I'm going to try to start is when you have a foundation, it's it's easier when you are triggered or you're in an emotional state to get back to it if you're not starting from scratch. Yeah, I will say this did not happen in the first five days of of this meditating. Well, I'm super happy that you were able to do it even within 21 days. May help number eight, may help fight addictions. 
I was going to say, I have no addictions. And then it says, meditation may also help you control food cravings. <laughs> All right. <laughs> then you remembered your addiction. Good talk. Cool. A review of 14 studies found mindfulness meditation helped participants reduce emotional and binge eating. That's my stomach growling. <laughs> Number nine, improve sleep. Hey, we're also we're also doing a whole episode on sleep. Yes, we are. But Jen had some age-related memory loss and missed her sleep appointment. I completely missed it. So I have no idea. I was waiting with bated breath to find out if I had sleep apnea and then And when is your appointment? When you come back from Greece. Greece. Right. Yeah, it's so. at the end of May. I do like that we must be on the same page with Healthline. Because we had already planned out several episodes on some of these benefits from meditation. Hey, that's true. We're only not on the same page with Healthline about their orgasmic meditation. <laughs> Becoming skilled in meditation may help you control or redirect the racing or runaway thoughts that often lead to insomnia. Yes. Number 10 helps to control pain. One of the things that I'm so grateful for that I don't say enough is I don't suffer pain. I'm pain-free now. <laughs> that didn't come out right. <laughs> I feel no pain. You don't no, have my, any chronic pain. There's people that have chronic pain and live with it on a daily basis. And uh, I won't speak to that, but I can imagine that if meditation helped with that, then that could be a significant benefit. I'm looking forward to seeing as this continues, if that happens. Number 11 can decrease blood pressure. I don't have high blood pressure, but apparently it's not all about me. Who knew? Well, I also don't have high blood pressure. <laughs> so who cares? We'll just move on. Yeah, next. But the thing about stress is high stress can lead to high blood pressure, which is a dangerous health condition. So my issues with cholesterol. So let's just keep going and see if number 12 is low <laughs> cholesterol. No, number 12. <laughs> I don't know if this is a, a benefit, sort of is, but we've touched on this already. You can meditate anywhere. And it says people practice many different forms of meditation. And I didn't read this before, by the way. So I'm glad to see that it's like not completely <laughs> different from what we said. People practice many different forms of meditation, most of which don't require special equipment or space. You can practice with just a few minutes every day. I just got really curious about which ones do need special equipment. <laughs> well, what kind of equipment? I, I think the one you mentioned needs a glove. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so be right. Okay, there's that one. That's special. Well, speaking of food cravings, I think that, uh, I don't know if you can hear our stomachs, but they're both stereo. going. Um, I will also say that for people who are on the go and... I don't know. I will say, what will I say? If people need help with that or looking for inspiration and stuff, there's a ton of apps as well. Yes. And I don't know if any of them are completely free, but most of the apps I know of, like Breathe, Calm, Headspace, Deepak and Oprah's something or other challenge, they all have, I think, like a free version or some free meditations that you can I think one out. of the best ones is, um, they're all good that you mentioned, but some of them, th those have premium pricing. I'm going to tell pricing. you one of them I don't like because the person's <gasps> voice grates on me so Is it the hard. woman in Calm? Yes. Ah, me too. I don't know what it is. I, I feel know. so bad. Then I, I feel felt bad, bad for her. I'm like, I was listening. I bought Calm the other day. It was like some sort of 45% off thing from a podcast coupon. And I felt bad for her because I'm like, you seem like a really nice person, but your voice is so irritating. I, I can't. 
But I mean, some people like it. I have friends who love it. So, you know, it's just a personal thing. It doesn't calm me. That's the problem. I have found that with some of them, I can choose a male or a female narrator. Oh. And I choose the male narrator. I don't know if it comes with the glove or not. <laughs> That's in the premium so version. <laughs> um, were you about to recommend another app that I had? Yeah, yes. A, an awesome free one that's been around for years is called Insight Timer. And I believe all of their meditations are free. And it's only a few dollars a month if you want to upgrade, which just gets you the ability to download them offline or like fast forward and things like that. So you get extra perks. But most of the meditations, if not all of them, are are free and they are organized too by subject. So if you wanted to head straight to Insight Meditation right now, sorry, it's Insight Timer in the App Store. You can search for Meta or Loving Kindness and you're going to have to choose Lucky You from dozens of different Meta Meditations. And I just want to point out that if anyone who's listening has um, a company or sells things or feels that they're in a position to sponsor... <laughs> Nancy just illustrated beautifully how well we could represent any sponsor. That's right. Well, in line with our incredibly constricting values, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. (laughs) Naturally. But I'm just saying that um, if anyone, for example, from Insight Timer is listening, to let them know that if we don't get a call (laughs) offer... For we're sponsorship, gonna we're going to delete that part of the podcast in 48 hours. Anyway. I'm just um, supposed to blackmail our sponsors. Now we'll try it. Nancy, what <laughs> is it? about experimenting here. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to this episode eight on meditation with On the Same Page with Jen and Nancy. Where can they reach us, Jen? They can reach us on Instagram at On the Same Page Pod. That's right. They can reach us on Twitter as well. They can reach us on our website. Yeah. If you go to onthesamepagepod.com, you'll actually find all of the links, which by the time this is published will include Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And Patreon is already there. Any support that you can give, if you want to subscribe through Patreon, we appreciate it. But the number one thing you can do to support the show is to subscribe in iTunes. You can. And if you give us a five-star review, it will make us much more visible to other listeners who don't know about us yet. So that would be you giving to them. How sweet would that be? <laughs> How compassionate. How compa- You guys are so compassionate. <laughs> so giving. Uh, you guys can also find Nancy on Instagram at Nancy Murdoch. Nancy with an I, Murdoch with a K. And Jen is on Instagram at Jennifer June Chapman. Please, if any of you have any suggestions, any comments, any questions, do not hesitate to share them with us. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Go meditate. See you next week. Bye, guys. On the Same Page podcast, including show notes and links, provides education and entertainment and is intended for information purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on this podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. 
Information is provided without representation or warranties of any kind. Please consult a physician for any medical needs and always seek the advice of a qualified health professional for any of your mental health questions. On the Same Page with Jen and Nancy is recorded in Montreal, Quebec. The podcast is written, hosted, produced, and edited by Nancy Murdoch and Jen Chapman. Original theme music by Jen Chapman. I have been... Listen, hey, what? No, I'm Googling. Oh, you're Googling. I'm like, am I keeping you up? What's going on? It's because I don't eat meat. I'm falling asleep. (laughs) Anyway, I'll look it up later. Let's just keep it at 10. But you said 12 a bunch of times. Are you going to delete that? Okay, hold on. Who cares about low blood pressure? What does it mean? (laughs) 